live from Barcelona. Hey Steve. Hey Marine. Hello, hello, hello. Are you being all quiet because of the uh, rather large amount of um, whiskey we drank last night? That might have something to do with it. <laughs> oh God. So guys, we're live from Barcelona. Yeah. And uh, this is our second podcast. Yesterday we outlined um, our uh, model that we want to approach. So distilling collaboration is the subject for today based on that model. We'll go over that in, in some details, but we need to do a shout out for Kate. Yes. Kate's the tour guide last night, took us around some bars in Barcelona, um, and we ended up at a bar called the Whiskeria. So La Whiskeria, yes. La Whiskeria, sorry, yeah, yeah the whiskey yeah. bar. Uh, so if you want to catch up with that, go to our Facebook page. I posted from there last night, uh, and if you're ever in Barcelona... Highly recommend it. I have never, ever seen so many whiskey bottles in one place in my life. Yeah, it, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. We got to taste a bunch of stuff. Um, <laughs> Way too much. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell you about one or two of those, I think, uh, uh, where we go. So anyway, we want to talk about distilling uh, collaboration. We want to try and do it in uh, 15 minutes. Um, so yep. let's start off with that first layer then. So what do we, what do we think are our five points i'll let moraine start with the first one that you need to consider when you're trying to roll out or trying to enable or trying to get an organization to be more collaborative well we need users that are willing so users that have an, an open mind towards wanting to improve and wanting to learn how to work together i get that all right cool so my second one then i would go with a good adoption process i think that's important and it goes hand in hand a little bit with yours, yeah. but, but without having a process that can track those people that don't want to move forward or are stuck in their ways. So you need a good adoption process for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that brings us to the next one. And that would be the, the process on how to deal with those people that don't want to change. The laggards, the technophobes. That's true. That threw completely through me because you jumped down to number five because yes, we of didn't course. put them in order. No, I like that. You're right. So part of the corporate change process with your change team, mm -hmm. it's important that they're able to do that. That's a very good yep. point. Then I guess I would probably go to baseline tools next. Um, so getting that governance in and sorted. Yep. Uh, baseline first, always, every single time. It's relatively easy to do it first. Mm -hmm. because it's all new stuff and uh, and you can then build everything from it if you don't get that done baseline governance on the tools crucial and then and number five and number five would be have a um, feedback mechanism to get feedback from your users about how everything is running so that you make sure that you've got something to improve your process your people your ways of working your governance processes governance yeah, great. yes cool all right, yes, yeah, so constant improvement. All right, so there, what, there are five areas that we think you need to consider for distilling collaboration. So what we're going to do is just uh, open them up um, two or three minutes, try and talk about how we might approach that, share mm -hmm. with you our experience um, on those two objects. So uh, open mind from users. Um, we put a note on there, digital affinity. Yes, and I know Tracy van der Schaaf has an awesome term for that, which I... For the love of God, can't remember. 
uh, at all. But I think digital affinity is definitely a, a good um, uh, a, a good replacement. Exactly. In yes. second place to traces. Yes. So what do you mean by it? Um, it is actually people having the ability to work with a machine, to work with, with a tool uh, in a process. And if that tool at some point changes or misbehaves that they will not freak out and that they will actually know what steps they might want to take in order to fix it. Yeah, I, I do understand that. I, in recently, I've been doing some work with uh, the tech team, uh, one of my clients, getting them updated to Intune. Mm -hmm. Part of their re-logging on process, uh, they get asked whether they want to use Hello. Mm -hmm. And of course, those that know what Hello is go, yep. And then we have to backtrack them because we haven't got it enabled on the network. Those that don't <laughs> mm -hmm. go, what do I click? What do I mm -hmm. click? Yeah. And, and those are the two sides of digital affinity. Those that are willing to go on and live with the consequences, good or bad. And yeah. in 99 times out of 10, you're not going to hurt anything if you click a button in Word or Excel. Exactly, yeah. There's the control yeah. Z to get out of it. Yeah. And whether they know what control Z is. So di digital it, exactly. affinity. Yeah. And of course, if you don't have that affinity with the technology, you're never going to be able to move on to the next stage which would be adoption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before we do that, though, here's a question for you. How do you measure digital affinity? Um, I think it's the same thing as you measure um, a rate of adoption, for example, uh, number of help desk uh, tickets or the, the level of help desk tickets. Yeah, so you do a, a, a stop by the help desk managers and say, question, how many tickets are you getting where people are looking for instructions on how to use word and yeah. connect to the sharepoint mm -hmm. site and uh, how many questions do you get about OneDrive? Mm -hmm. so yeah you can gauge yeah. the digital affinity and the really difficult people folks is, the difficult thing folks is that the gauge of affinity is different for every organization only you and your team and your organization can work out whether you know, it's uh, good to go. Yep. And in terms of future-proofing future, right, future digital affinity, you need to talk to HR to say, look, everybody we recruit from now, we need to ask the question or have them judge, you know, do they understand Excel, Word, PowerPoint? Have they used Outlook, email? We need to get a level of digital competency for every new employee we bring on board. Yes, yes. And, and just as the article that I read yesterday where somebody said, yeah, putting that in a job description is like asking people if they can count to 10. I kind of guess that we all expect everyone to be working or to be able to work with a machine by now or to be able to count to 10. But it's, it's not always the case. And, it's, and I think uh, digital efficiency, uh, sorry, digital yeah. affinity is, is really about the courage just to go and explore yourself and mm -hmm. not panic, as you say, yeah. as you said earlier, when something changes and a new yeah. button appears. Exactly. All right, cool. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. All right, so open mind from users. Hopefully we've given you a good guide on that. Mm -hmm. um, good adoption process. Yeah. The, there are a bunch of processes or methodologies out there but I think it's, it, well, it, they're all linked to each other. So the, the open mind for users, the adoption process, and, and the process for people that, are, that don't want to change. Now let's keep it's, them separate. Yeah. If we're going to go follow this idea of... You know, I always want to overcomplex yeah, everything. Do. So good adoption process. Yeah. Is just keep it focused. You're right. You need to know what you're going to do with your adoption. 
Mm-hmm. Have it documented and planned and agreed by the change team yep. and say, this is how we're going to do it. And then a tool for monitoring adoption to make sure that you can pick up things that are not being done. Make exactly. sure those tickets are, are doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're regularly checking in with your ambassadors, yep. um, that you have good ambassadors, uh, mm-hmm. that if you're using personas, <coughs> don't bother, don't bother. Oh. No, if you're using personas, <laughs> the, the, you, you, you're measuring each of those personas mm-hmm. to make sure they're correct. Yeah. So, a good adoption process is about knowing exactly how we are going to move forward and how we're going to change our organization and what is driving people to actually adopt the new technology. Yep. True. Nothing more to say on that, really. Hmm. Well, I, I guess just to reemphasize, make sure you've got a good change team uh, for both of that open-minded users and the hmm. good adoption process. Yep. Make sure you've got a good set of ambassadors and you've got yes. great communications between all of those three parties. Yeah. Neat. And just be creative in the way you communicate to people. Yeah. And then you, you jumped down uh, out of order to talk about this technophobes, as we've uh, described it. <laughs> yeah. and the detractors I think that's and a laggards. good... It's, it's a good term, technophobes. People who are afraid of technology. Yeah, yeah. I think so. The, the, I think as part of the open-minded users and your your change team, you will always consider detractors. Mm-hmm. You'll always consider, okay, look, we're going to change and we're going to go from here to here. We're going to try and do it over this period of time. Mm-hmm. These are the processes and tools we're going to do, as we previously discussed. What if somebody still does not want to change or but still But I've done this argues. for 15 years in this way. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes they don't, mm-hmm. they don't feel they need to change. You know, I no, fill these forms not. out yeah. and I, I hand them over to Peter and then Peter puts the boxes in the lorry and the lorry goes to the customer and everything works. Why would we want to change? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that uh, really understanding how you deal with that before it happens mm-hmm. is important as yep. opposed to just knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> Peter doesn't want to change. What are we going to do now? Well, have you done our prescribed, agreed process when, from our change team that says, okay, if you get a Peter, then you talk to Peter and, and the Peter's manager together, this might be a solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually try and understand why Peter doesn't want to change, because we might be wrong. IT might oh, yeah. be trying to do sure. something yeah. that really doesn't suit them. Um, and so, yes, understanding whether it, is a real issue or whether it's a, a Peter issue. Yep. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, you ma- the manager's involved. So that might be the process you identify. Mm-hmm. Yep. Technophobes. I think that it's so easy for technophobes to, s- to sneak through the process and just find a way. Yeah, but you also need to come up with just really uh, well-defined arguments on why this new state is better than the previous one. Yes, I agree with that. Um, and and in, also in simple can, terms. In, very yeah. simple, yeah. Um, the other thing, you could just take the old toys away. Yeah, but that will create lots of friction. And we, don't w- we want people to be happy at work. We don't want them to be freaking IT. So um, 100% of the people in our organization um, 70% will be happy to change regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 20% will be Peters that need persuading with their managers. 10% will just refuse. And 10% just have to live with the consequences that the toys will disappear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. At some point, you've got to put your big boy pants on and exactly. just say, look, it's done. And, and again, you, you're not going to make the, these are the people that you're not going to make happy anyway, but it's the CEO's job 
or the CEO's job as part of their communications from the change team to say, folks, we are going to have to change. Mm-hmm. You know, be happy people. This will do this and this will have extra benefit for our product. It will make us more cost effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and away you go. One of my clients just recently, as I'm communicating out to the business, um, uh, my boss said, yeah, great communications, great communications, but put in there that we are uh, using the, the uh, external organization here to do this. And so we don't want to waste that money. Um, and, you know, you don't turn up, then <laughs> okay. that will incur additional costs. Yeah. And it's about making people understand their responsibility for turning up yes. to meetings. And, yes. you know, there, there is a cost involved. This mm-hmm. is, and I think pe- making people aware and having transparency in this pro- is part of that process for you know, dealing yeah. with those things, yeah, people yeah, that yeah. Are, are frightened. Yeah. And then put your arm around them and say, you know, I get it. This is scary. Uh, and yeah. I'll be with you all the way. Exactly. And look, on Tuesday, you can come and attend this one hour t- online session yeah. or, you know, Wednesday. You know, if that all doesn't work, you just... Fire the... No, you just take them with you and you go to La Whiskeria. <laughs> La Whiskeria. And you just sit down and both have a Bunahaben 13-year-old and just <laughs> forget about the worries for a while. Yes. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. And then I guess we get on to the last one. The feedback mechanism, yes. So just giving people SharePoint or OneDrive or Teams or whatever, that's, that's not enough. You... It should be the inconsiderate <laughs> people. <laughs> but it, they have processes. Processes change because the world changes. The customer changes. The, the business changes. The tools are going to change. So The tools you... have to change. They're not just going to change. No, the, exactly. You know? So you have to have some kind of mechanism to get feedback from those people in the field who are using those tools that they can say, look, this is what we need to do or to to happen. And then you cannot actually benefit them uh, even more. Why? Just out of interest, why? So why? we give them SharePoint, we give them OneDrive, Microsoft change it, they get on with it. Why Why do I actually have to have a feedback mechanism for improvement? Why? It's because we, anyway. we, we want to we wanna get the best out of the tools that we use. It's the same thing with, with your car. If you buy a 4x4 big SUV and you never take it out on the field and you only drive in the city, then you're not taking all the advantage of your 4x4 SUV. Very good point. Very good point. But it's going to cost you money and time and effort to do that. That's so true. Your, your project yeah. will never end. No, course. that's true. Uh, but it's it's part of your operations. Part of your hypercare and your operations. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, that's important. So what are the tools do you use for measuring improvement then? So we've talked about tickets and stuff. Yeah, so it's 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 a, a two-way communication that you need to have. So you need to have, uh, for example, an, a, a group mailbox address available where people can uh, ask you questions. You might want to have somebody who is a, a Spock person, the single point of contact, so that everyone in the organization knows if we've got questions around how SharePoint works, that's the person that we need to contact. Yep. You could also set up forms, for example, and just let them uh, yeah, fill in a form if they want to change something. Even better than that, you every time you communicate with them, you make sure that there's an option at the end of the form to say, was this useful for you? Did you find any benefit of this? How should we improve our communications? Mm-hmm. And, so uh, don't send it from a no reply at... Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it, I never send it. It's going to be a web page, isn't it, on your change site? 
So you're going to have yeah. a news item, and at the bottom of the news item, you've got comments that can mm -hmm. be filled out. But on the page, you would also put in a, a form, yeah. as you just mentioned, so that people can say, yes, this was useful for me or not useful for me. Mm -hmm. So you're monitoring your rate of change and adoption, and mm -hmm. you're monitoring the quality of your your communications, and you've always got a, a feedback mechanism yeah. for users to come to. What about the old survey method, the annual IT survey? Would you go down that kind of line in, in today's day and age? Or do you think that people it, will be constantly wanting mm, to feedback? And yeah, that, you know? I think once a year might not be enough. And yeah. also you don't want to push a questionnaire to people who are maybe perfectly happy. So you actually just want to target the people that want to or that see an improvement and that they, they want to put some work in to make that improvement happen. All right, cool, um, cool. So, so there you go. That's uh, Office 365's distilled collaboration, our five items that we think you need to consider and some of the things that you need to put into play there. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, this is our Barcelona chat. The sunshine is uh, wonderful. Yep. Still a bit chilly, though, but you know, one can't expect much more in February. Uh, we found some great things to drink. You, uh, what was the best whiskey you had last night then? Oh, that Springbank. It was amazing, wasn't it? What was it yes. called? Langhams? Longhorns? Longhorn. We, we discovered a new whiskey last like night. That. The barman said, this is my all-time favorite. And we're talking about a bar that's got four or 500 bottles yes. in, of whiskey in there. And it was pretty amazing, wasn't it? It, it was, yeah. It it. It really blew me away. Yeah. So we'll try and get a bottle of that for a future podcast and, mm -hmm. uh, and taste that for you. Uh, that was pretty cool. For me, it was the Ardmore 2008. Um, of course, uh, I've bought a barrel of that. <laughs> so mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, my, uh, I think mine's a, a 2010. So uh, I've got a barrel of that sitting in a, um, uh, a warehouse. warehouse. Yes, yeah. in a bonded warehouse in Scotland. Hoping to get a sample of that. And this afternoon, in fact, we're actually going to go to Brabham Whiskey. We're going to join their podcast and tell them what we think about their process for buying and selling barrels because we've, yeah. uh, we've both partook of their service. And I guess we'll tell you about that in the next Live from Barcelona podcast. Awesome. Cool. Ciao, everybody. Ciao.